Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Wow, God is good. It's great to be in the house of God. We've been away on holidays for two weeks and went to a great church in towns, but there's no place like home. Wow. EBA, it's great to see you up here singing and worshipping God. Amen. And as, as we were worshipping, the Holy Spirit showed me a couple of things. I saw you running after His presence. Just so passionate for His presence. And as you do, some of the frustrations and disappointments are going to drop off of your life. Some of the things that have tried to drain you and just to divert your attention. They've been real things, but God says, as you hunger after my presence, I'm going to just draw you in. And the joy and the presence of Jesus is going to so fill your life. Lord, I just thank you for that presence of the Holy Spirit. It's just so going to captivate her soul. Just lift her up. Oh, God, a new sense of joy and fulfillment. Lord, that she has searched for for a season is breaking loose and the key for her soul is the the unhindered and unashamed praise and worship of the living God. That is the doorway for you to live in a new place of freedom and grace over your life. And other people will be drawn because of your unashamed, open heart to the presence of Jesus Christ. And he would tonight bless you with a Father's blessing of approval, of identity, and acceptance. You belong to Him and to His presence in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Just fill her afresh. Fill her afresh. Fill her afresh, oh God. Wash away the other stuff, Lord, the grief and pain, and fill her afresh with Your presence. In the precious name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Let's give Him praise. He's a good God. Oh, Jesus. Hazel, can I pray for you? Hazel, can I pray for you? Yeah, come on. Come and join us here. This lady is a woman of faithful prayer. She just loves God. And the word God spoke to me tonight was that you are strong in your spirit. And you are strong in the Lord and the power of His might. At times, as your body's got a bit older and your mind sometimes forgets things, you think, oh, God, I'm just not as strong as I used to be. But God wants to remind you that your spirit is stronger than ever. Your spirit is strong in the Lord, and He wants to refresh you and empower you and strengthen you in thought, in focus, in physical strength, but in your spirit. He loves you so much, Father. Oh, let your love just pour over her tonight in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Tony and Coralie, can I just pray for you? I know I've prayed for you before, but the Holy Spirit showed me something as we were worshiping. I know you guys are prayers. You love to pray and intercede. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, because you've been faithful to God, And you've carried burdens and people to the throne of grace that many don't know. And you've interceded and cried out to God. And I say, the Lord would say, I will take you to an increasing level of authority in the Spirit in prayer. 
it'll become so sharp. You'll be praying and burdened, and you will see in the Spirit the exact need and the key that's going to be needed to unlock that person or that family or that group of people. He will show you with increased clarity, and it will be so sharp, and you will just know exactly what to pray, what to loose, and what to bind over their lives and over that situation. And His authority and anointing will increase again. Again, you say, can it increase more? He would say, yes, yes, and yes today by the power of the Spirit of God. And he would release that anointing of authority out of your mouth and out of your spirit. You will see, and what you see in the Spirit, you can have for yourself and for others. And he will show you what it means with intercession and authority in the Spirit. Thank you for it, Father. Oh, God, release that over their lives in Jesus' name. Release it in Jesus' name. Oh, God, let's lift our hands to heaven right now. God, you're amazing. Lord, you are so vast. You are so powerful, Lord. Lord, you're our strength and our grace, oh God. Lord, your love fills our hearts and we give you praise, oh God. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. This week's to be our 24-7 prayer week before Dion Hockey comes. And many of you signed up for that. I want to encourage you to press into God this week. Get some music happening. Get your prayer and praise garment on. Put it on. The Bible says put on the garment of praise. And I believe prayer can be the same. Put it on every day this week. And let's believe. I believe what I prayed for Tony and Coralie. Some of you are going to see in the Spirit. You're going to start to pray and you'll get caught up in the Spirit. You'll get caught up and your half hour will go. And you'll say, I'm not finished yet, Lord. You'll get caught up because you will see and you'll have compassion and authority and love and faith for people and for our church and our community. For some of you, it's going to be a breakthrough week in prayer because you said, Lord, I'm available. Oh, the Spirit of God is here just drawing us. Father, I just pray this week as we pray and seek you, Lord, there will come breakthroughs in the Spirit. There will just come an open heaven, I pray. There will just be a freedom in the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, I just believe for that in your precious name. And Lord, I pray next weekend we'll have a harvest of souls. Lord, we'll have some notable miracles that will shake this city, oh God. Lord, some miracles that will shake this city. Lord, we read in the book of Acts at times where God moved and people got healed. It says the whole city was shaken. God, I just pray. You know the people in our city, in our community, that are desperately crying out for breakthroughs. Lord, I believe in your grace. You would set the captives free. You would bring salvation and hope into broken hearts. Lord, I pray for Dion right now as he's in Sydney ministering this week that you would anoint him and they would have a great move of God in that church in Sydney. Lord, I thank you for your love flowing, for your power flowing. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God is so good. Let's take our seats. If you're on the floor, it's okay. You stay there for a while. Don't rush up. I've preached before with people on the floor. <laughs> oh, God is good. This week also, uh, some of the pastors are heading off to uh, the Sunshine Coast for our annual state conference. We've got over a 1,000 pastors and leaders from Queensland and Northern Territory for the Australian Christian Churches coming to uh, the conference starting tomorrow night. So pray for uh, most of the pastors and leaders will be going down there and we'll just believe for an awesome, awesome time. I want to talk about one of my favorite characters in the Bible. His name is Barnabas, or Barney for short. Okay, let's have a look at Barnabas. He's one of my favorite characters, and you'll soon understand why. 
Acts 4, 36 and 37 in the Amplified says, Now Joseph, a Levite and native of Cyprus, who was surnamed Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement. It wasn't even his real name, it was his nickname. And where do you get nicknames from? In Australia, they give them because of your looks or your red hair or your or whatever. These apostles, they gave him his nickname because he was so encouraging to everyone. They said, you're, you're just the encourager. They couldn't call him anything else. So Barnabas means son of encouragement. Wherever he went, he just encouraged people. He couldn't help it. It oozed out of him everywhere. It's like if he was a millionaire and he's walking down the street giving out $50 uh, notes to everyone. He just gave away encouragement everywhere he went because it just oozed out of him. But he was also generous. It says he sold a field belonging to him and brought the money and set it at the apostles' feet. So he was generous with his resources, but he was very generous with his encouragement. And I love Barnabas because I'm, I'm an encourager, an exhorter, and I love Barnabas. He's one of my heroes because it just flowed out of him. And encouragement is probably one of the easiest ministries and gifts you can have. People say, well, I can't really sing that well, or I can't play an instrument, or I'm not really good with crowds of people and talking to new people, or I'm not a really good gifted Bible teacher, or I'm not this or I'm not that. But hey, we can all be encouragers. It's prayer and encouragement are two things all of us can do. And I love encouragement. I want to stir your hearts tonight to be the greatest encouragers that can be in, in our city and our community. Acts 9, 26 and 27, it says, When he came to Jerusalem, this is Saul. Remember Saul who became the Apostle Paul? He was interrogating. He was sending out raiding parties to arrest the Christians and get them thrown in jail and killed. He was a Jew, a zealot, who just didn't see that Jesus fitted into the picture, right? And so he was against Christians. And so, but he had an encounter on the road to Damascus. At the beginning of chapter 9, he was out in his way to arrest people. And a lightning bolt came from heaven. An open heaven came and God knocked him off his horse. He was blinded for three days. They led him into the city and he had a divine encounter with God. And his heart was powerfully transformed. He encountered Jesus and then he was prayed for, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And now he wants to preach for Jesus, and no one trusted him, saying, you're, you're, you're a spy. You're just tricking us, and you want to get into our churches, and then you're going to get us all arrested. So no one trusted him, and, and understandably. But guess who believed that God had changed him? Barnabas. If Barnabas hadn't have been around, the Apostle Paul may never have made it to become the preacher and teacher that he did because they didn't believe him. But Barnabas, see, an encourager can not just speak words of life, they can actually see what's really going on inside people's hearts, and they speak truth and hope into people's hearts. It says, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey, had seen the Lord, the Lord had spoken him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So because they trusted Barnabas, he was the one who opened the door for Paul to be accepted, and that people started to really believe that he had turned around. He had changed. And so Barnabas was that son of encouragement who believed the best about everyone. He wasn't naive, but
but an encourager will believe the best about people. They will find something to encourage even when there's a lot of junk still going on. Because an encourager prophetically will draw out what God wants to do in people's lives. He won't just see what they're doing or saying now. They will prophetically see and bring it out. It's like a parent. You know, some, you've heard the statement, only a mother could love him. And it's this kid that's just doing terrible stuff at school and always in trouble and just not doing anything right. But the mother can see with the eye of love and faith what that child can and will become. That's why parents can be the greatest encouragers of their kids. But if you're not careful, you'll become ones who frustrate them and you let their immaturity and childishness frustrate you. And the Bible says, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Don't discourage them by trying to get them to be a 15-year-old when they're a five-year-old. But a true parent can see with the eye of faith what God has called that child to be. In the body of Christ, encouragers can see what the new Christian can become. They can see what the brother or sister in church can become. They can see with the eye of faith, even though there's still a whole lot of stuff to get sorted, and we're celebrating transformation, sixth birthday today, and, and had the graduation this morning, and in the therapeutic community, you guys have to regularly look and see what God is doing and what you're going to become. If you look at just what's in front of you, it can be a very discouraging journey because we've all got so much to sort out. But encouragers like Barnabas, they can see with the eye of faith what you can become. And they start to pray into it and speak into it. Also in Acts 11, 22 to 24, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem. What happened? People were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and, and saved. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what, what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them with all to remain true to the Lord, with all their hearts. I love this. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Wow. So Barnabas was a loved man, but he was encouraged, but he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of faith, and he was a good man. That's pretty powerful, eh? It's one thing to be full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, but it's another thing to be a good person. God says oh, he wants you to be a good person. If, uh, if all of us had a chance to evaluate one another and you had three adjectives you could describe everyone with, I wonder if any of us would come up and with the tick on, you're just a really good person. I wonder if some of us would tick the box, you are a great encourager. I want you to think for a moment, who's been one of the greatest encouragers in your life? Have a little think for a moment. Just might have been when you are younger. It might be now. It might have been someone in your training or family or in your church life. Who's been one of the greatest encouragers of your life? Have a little think about it. It's a, it's a good thing to think. It might not be a leader. It may be someone who just met you every church on Sunday and said, how you doing? It may be someone who just every couple of months seems to ring you or send you a text the very moment you need it. They might be the greatest encourager, just in tune with the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about who's maybe one of the greatest encouragers in your life right now. I hope you haven't got to think too hard about that. I hope you're really resting and saying, well, I've got 10 of them. Which one should I pick? 
And then another question is, who are you being a great encourager to? Whose prayers are you being an answer to when they said, God, send me someone to support me and encourage me right now in this season of my life? Who would be ticking the box and say, hey, you're one of the greatest encouragers or supporters in my life? They're really good questions, aren't they? They really, really are. But they're powerful questions because let's have a look at what the word encourage actually means because this is pretty important. Encourage means to inspire with courage, confidence or trust, to support, giving help or approval. To encourage means to put courage into someone. Because for those who remember their prefixes and suffixes at school who did well in English, prefixes are the little things at the beginning of the word and suffixes are the things at the end of the word. Encourage, E-N, means into. So to encourage someone, I mean, you're actually putting courage into someone. You're dosing them up and filling them up with courage to face life, to walk in faith, to keep on going when things are tough, to live in the faith zone instead of the safe zone, and to keep stepping out and believing God for more and just not playing it safe. To encourage means to put courage into. It also means to thank someone for what they have said or done. It can mean to inspire someone to go for it, to not give up, to reach their full potential, to speak from their future to their present situation. That sounds like prophecy, doesn't it? Because prophecy speaks from the future into the present. That's what God gave me tonight for Tony and Carol. I saw in the Spirit them moving into a greater dimension of authority and insight and clarity in their prayer. So I'm declaring in the Spirit and encouraging them through a prophetic word what God wants to do in their near future. That's what prophecy is, to encourage and uh, comfort and to edify. What's the opposite of encouragement? Discouragement, and for all those English students, D-I-S means without. So when someone's discouraged, they're without courage. They've lost it. It's got somehow drained from them. The circumstance of life or other people's words or opinions or the bully or whoever, or the enemy has robbed your courage. So you are discouraged and you're without courage. And that's a very sad place to be. Because I'm an encourager, I don't get discouraged very often, but when I do, I have to, I have to fight that real hard and fast. Because when I get discouraged, I lose my strength. And I lose my sense of purpose and breakthrough. And so God wants us to not be discouraged, but to be encouraged. And one of the greatest ways to be encouraged is through others who would speak into our lives. Do you know it's one of the motivational gifts of the Holy Spirit is to encourage? In, in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through to 8, it talks about seven different motivational gifts. In other words, they are some of the things. There's administrators and leaders and mercy people. And one of them is to encourage. It says in verse 8 of Romans 12, If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So courage, encouragement is actually one of the motivational gifts of the Spirit. So in any group of people, there's probably about one in seven is naturally an encourager. But the other six out of seven can learn it 
can improve it and get better at it. Say, well, I just always see the negative. Well, if you're a a spirit-filled believer, God will challenge that. It's okay to be prophetic and to see potential problems. Say, if we don't deal with this, we're going to have a problem there. That's okay. It's not all positive. It's dealing with the whole issue. But an encourager will say, wow, we got some challenges here, but God, you're going to show us a way through. That's what it is to encourage and put courage into one another. How do we get encouragement? Here's a few quick ones. Number one, God gives it to us. 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. That's really good news. So if you're running short on encouragement, guess what? God wants to give you some more. He will find ways to get it to you. He will strengthen us. Sometimes in worship, I get greatly strengthened and encouraged in worship because I start hearing from God and I feel His presence and the challenges start to get smaller and He gets bigger. And so we see God. So that's uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. Joshua 1, 6 to 9 says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant gave you. Do not turn to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. So God's all about encouraging and the enemy and circumstances and the negative people in this world are all about discouraging, trying to steal your courage. There's a whole lot of them around and the devil is the the best master at it because he's a liar and a deceiver and he'll try and discourage you out of all the promises that God has given you. He will try and lie to you and say, well, just play it safe. And God says, hey, keep stepping out in faith. Keep believing for provision for your life. Some of you are in between jobs right now. Keep believing that God's going to open up the provision for your life. Don't get discouraged and read the, the stats and say, well, we've got 10 or 12% unemployment. Where on earth am I going to get a job? Guess what? Our God is the creator of all things, and He can create jobs if He needs to. Don't just be discouraged, but be encouraged by the word of faith. Whatever our need, God wants to encourage us, to strengthen us. And let's deal with discouragement because fear and discouragement are two of the greatest tools the enemy uses to try and undermine us. And we've got to be careful we don't bring fear and discouragement to people around us. But we speak courage and hope and truth into people's lives. So we see God himself is our encourager. Number two, the Holy Spirit is a great encourager. The word Holy Spirit means comforter, counselor, helper, strengthener, advocate, And one of the versions says coach or helper. Wow. And you don't have a coach that's always discouraging. A coach will be encouraging, saying, hey, you can do it. Let's find a better way to do this so that you can do it faster or higher or quicker or better. The Holy Spirit's our coach. Acts 9.31 says, In the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and were strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. 
So when we make room for the Holy Spirit, He's always looking for ways to encourage you, challenge you, strengthen you to grow and step up and, and obey His Word. And the Holy Spirit, you see the gifts of the Spirit are always to encourage and strengthen our hearts and our lives. We see in um, another way that we're encouraged is by the Word of God. I love reading the Scriptures, meditating on them because there's just strength comes in your soul. Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So when you read the Bible, when you pray it, when you study it, when you meditate on it, guess what? You are getting encouraged because the Word will just stretch you. It will feed your spirit. It will renew your mind. It will get you running higher and further and faster and believing for more than if you don't put it in your soul. So, so important. And uh, fourthly, our words. One another can encourage. We can encourage one another. Not just our words, just by being there. A parent going and watching the kid playing sport or at their music recital or their, their dance routine or whatever, just being there can be a huge encouragement. When someone's going through grief or loss, you think, well, I'm not sure what to say to them. I don't want to say the wrong thing, so we stay away. Sometimes you just go and sit and be there. Don't have to have all the answers. Just sit and be there. That can be the greatest encouragement of support. When a new Christian's wrestling through stuff, saying, I don't know all the answers that they're going to ask, all these difficult questions, just be there. Talk, pray, Holy Spirit will help you. And if you don't have the answer, give Pastor Doug or Peter, Peter a ring and they'll, they'll have the answer. <laughs> you take time, we see, you just be with people. Say, I've never done that before. Well, guess what? God's a creator and He loves taking us into new things all the time. He doesn't want you stuck in a rut. It's so easy to get in ruts. And God wants to take us into fresh things. New things, fresh encounters with the Spirit of God. I've been a Christian 40 years now, and every year I get more excited. People say, how can you get more excited? Well, I do, because my spirit gets is so young and alive, and I keep seeing more and more things in the Spirit of God and the Word that just makes me want to run harder after Him. It doesn't get boring. If you get bored in your Christian life, just give away a bit more of what you've got, and God's got some more room to fill you up afresh. You know? It's like you've got a whole house full of food and it's going stale. And this is terrible. Well, give it away and then fill up the cupboards and fridge with some new stuff and life gets more exciting again. Spiritually, share and give away what you've got and God will just pour so much more in, it gets so exciting when you do it. And that's the joy of encouraging one another. So the, the our words can encourage. Listen to this, 2 Chronicles 32, 6-8. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the king of Assyria and the vast army with him, for there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gain confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. Wow, they were facing a huge army and defeat. 
But Hezekiah had heard from God, says, don't be discouraged or afraid. Our God's more powerful. Our, the armies of God are much greater than their army. They only trust in their armies. We've got the living God to depend on. And so they got greatly encouraged. So it's, there's no, no limit to the power of encouragement you can bring by words of life to one another. Someone is discouraged. Say, Holy Spirit, what do I say? What do I do? What message do I send them? What gift do I buy them? What card can I send them? Whatever. The Holy Spirit will show you. And it's so, so powerful. Joshua 10.25. Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. A couple more verses to wrap it up tonight. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 in the message says, So speak encouraging words to one another. In other words, don't speak discouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. Wow. Life can throw some curveballs at us. One minute you can be riding your bike and getting fit, and next minute you're on, the, on your back in pain because a car's hit you six weeks ago tomorrow. Things can happen in one second that can just cause a whole lot of pain and challenge in your life. But I've been around long enough to know that I'm not going to let that keep me down because I've learned a bit of physical pain, you can press through that and grow in God. And I just believe we need to, when you go through disappointments, don't let, do you know what a disappointment is? Dis means without, because we just learned that before, discouragement. Disappointment means you're without appointment. You're feeling like you've missed out on something. So let's get rid of the disappointment. And what happens? You'll get a new appointment by God. You'll have a new encounter with His presence. But if you stay in disappointment, you'll think, oh, God's not fair, and people have let me down, and they've forgotten me again, and they've, they've misunderstood me again, and you'll live in a place of disappointment. But I've learned when you get rid of the dis, the without, you start to get a fresh appointment with God, and all of a sudden life turns around and things start to change. It's a choice, but sometimes it, the right person to encourage you is all that you need. All that you need. It is so powerful when God comes and encourages our lives. And uh, Mary Lynn was talking to Brad's nana that was here today for the graduation. And I've never met her before. And she hadn't, I don't think she'd seen you since you started the program. It was 17 months ago when you came in. And she was here today. And she was just overcome by seeing how much Brad's changed and by the presence of God. She just didn't know what it was. She said, I just felt something arising in me and next minute I'm crying. And, and, and it wasn't sad tears, it was happy tears, but I didn't know what was happening. It was God's love. And she was so encouraged by the transformation that Brad has walked with Jesus in his life. And she'll go away from today never forgetting today in the presence of Jesus. And it's Brad as her grandson is the one is the key one that's touched the life but all of us because we were worshiping God and loving and they could see the whole church was a part of the journey so all of us have encouraged that lovely lady from Cairns sometimes we're encouraging people and we don't even know it you come into church and you've just got a smile on your face that's all you need sometimes sometimes it's just a good smile on your face gets people wondering why are you so happy I remember when I used to work in the bank years ago, Monday, Mondays was my best day. 
because we'd have church on Sunday like this, and I'd be whistling or singing around the bank on Monday morning. Everyone else is moping around with a headache from drinking too much or partying or just out trying to find some adventure on the weekend. They're all worn out and exhausted. I said, what are you so happy about? So I'd just sing a little bit louder. And sometimes I wouldn't say anything. I'd just keep singing. They come and say, what are you singing about? I said, do you really want to know? They said, yeah. I said, okay, I'll tell you. I went to church yesterday twice, and we had an awesome day, and I felt God's love, and we saw lives getting healed and transformed. They look at me and say, really? Some didn't talk to me again for a while. Others watched me the next Monday to see if I was still as happy. And I remember the journey. I didn't play games with them, but I just saw the power of joy and encouragement, how it challenged their negativity and their their mundaneness, their boring life that just went round in circles. But as Christians, we got this amazing sense of joy and courage and purpose and, and transformation happening around us, and we forget how powerful that is. Sometimes just a smile, sometimes a word, encouragement. Wow. Speak words of encouragement about the person, their character and attitudes, as well as their actions. I used to be really good at encouraging people for what they did. But as I've got older, I've realized sometimes it's just more powerful to speak about who they are. Saying, hey, you're a generous person. Or your attitude of kindness there really touched my heart. Or I watched how those kids were really impacted when you just showed some loving attention to them. So you talk about who they are and what they do or say. And so you can wrap that together and that helps make it powerful. Not flattery, but genuine encouragement. Some people start to encourage and they sort of embellish. Oh, you're the greatest singer in the world. And they're not the greatest singer in the world. But you, just, you, you get into flattery and people know that that's not sincere. Don't, you don't have to flatter. Just be honest and real. Say, hey, I was really inspired by hearing you sing with all of your heart to Jesus in church on Sunday. Now that's true. It's not saying they're the greatest singer in the world, but it was th th there was something sincere coming out that touched you. So be real. Don't flatter, because Proverbs says flattery is a dangerous way to go, because you've got to top it every week. <laughs> and you run out of superlatives sooner or later. And then people think, well, you're not sincere. You're just trying to get something. When you flatter people, they think you're trying to get something from them. But genuine encouragement will touch their heart, and they'll go away inspired. 1 Corinthians 14, 3, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So that's why the prophetic is so powerful. That's as a church. It's one of our core values is the prophetic, prophesying, being prophetic by nature in our worship so that people can encounter God because prophecy is speaking into people's future now. That's why it's so powerful. That's why we do it. Because it can turn people's lives. I remember, I've written out all the key prophecies over my life since I was 18. I've got them recorded. And I look back now and think, wow, wow, look at, look at what God said. And now look what's happening. Sometimes it's 10 or 20 or 30 years later, but it helps keep you focused through your tough times when there's true scriptures and prophecies for your life. A couple more scriptures to wrap it up. Second Chronicles 22, 3 and 4 says, He too followed the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother encouraged him to act wickedly. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Uh-oh. You can encourage people to be evil and wicked. That's what happened there. 
Let's never be caught in that. Sometimes before we were Christians, we were encouraging others to do wrong. Thank God when we get turned around and saved, we walk the other way and we now encourage people to do right. 1 Chronicles 28, 20, David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work of the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Worship team, come on down. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not giving up meeting together as some are in a habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. What day? The day when Jesus is going to come back and this world's going to be wrapped up. It says, Don't give up meeting together, but encourage one another. Wow, there's so much negativity. You look at the news, you think, wow, why on earth do they call it news? It's just sadness. It's not news. It's just crises and chaos. You can get swamped by that. Or we can get the good news every Sunday. We can get the good news every day in the presence of God. We can get the good news by encouraging one another in how awesome our God is. That's what we need to do. Hebrews 3.12 says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Wow. Sin will deceitfully harden your heart. But if we encourage one another in the Lord, we don't have to go down that way. That's the power, the power of encouragement. It's easy to discourage, criticize, or be negative, but the effort involved in encouraging others is well worth it. I want to encourage you this week. Think about the ways that you communicate hope, encouragement, support to others. Maybe you need to set a new pattern. Think every day, I'm going to ask God for one person I can send an encouraging text or email to or a quick phone call. Or maybe you do snail mail and you want to send a card, a handwritten card. Maybe one a week. I remember one pastor, he wasn't the greatest preacher. He had this amazing church. I used to wonder because he wasn't a great singer, wasn't a great preacher. But his church kept growing. And I thought, why is that? And I asked one of his leaders one time, I said, why does this church keep growing and other churches down the street don't grow? He said, oh, that's easy. Our pastor is a great encourager. He said at the beginning every week, he sits down and writes out four or five handwritten notes and sends it to key people in his church or community every week and he's been doing it for years. He said everyone loves him because he's their greatest encourager and this church just keeps growing. That was his greatest key for building a great church was the pastor every week deliberately wrote notes, posted to them or sent them or did whatever. And so there were over years, there was thousands of people were encouraged all the time by this pastor. He wasn't the greatest preacher. Their church didn't have the greatest music, but it kept growing because at the heart of it was a spirit of encouragement. I thought, how awesome is that? That's not hard, eh? Let's stand in his presence. The good news is God's encouraging us. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Let's just close our eyes and take a moment to thank God that He is the great encourager for your life. Just take a moment.
And then take a moment to think about someone who's been an encourager. And why don't you thank God for them right now? And why don't you this week send them a note or an email or a text and say, hey, I want to thank you for being a great encourager in my life. It might surprise them. They mightn't think, well, I don't think I'm really doing that much. It may be just what's needed for a husband and wife to say that to each other or to kids or to parents or to someone in your life group or someone on your serving team in our church or someone in your workplace is not a Christian but you want to encourage something special in their life or the customers that come into your shop. Wow. Take some Dion hockey brochures and find some people to encourage and say, hey, the reason I encourage is because God's changed my life and I'd love you to experience what I've experienced. Sometimes that's all it takes. Oh, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for the spirit of encouragement in this church, for the spirit of love and support that you give us every day. Whenever we come to worship you, it's not long before we start to feel encouraged in our souls. It's not long before the Holy Spirit, the encourager, gets beside us and says, hey, I love you and this is a better way to do it. Let's have another go. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.